You don't get them until you pay. In our situation, that doesn't make any fucking sense. Wait, we can't pay the price of the demo tapes unless we take the demo tapes to the record company and get paid. Hello, exactly. That's not an MP. That's a YP. Your problem. Come up with the money, and I'll give you the tapes. That's it. Okay. All right, now you're talking about my head, all right? I don't know this industry jargon, YP, MP, whatever, okay? All I know is that I cannot get a record contract. We cannot get a record contract unless I take these tapes. And granted, the, the tapes themselves are your, are your bit, are, are your, that you own them, okay? But the magic that is on the tapes, that fucking heart and soul that we put into those tapes, that is ours, and you don't own that. Now I need to take that magic and get it to the, to the record company. Okay, and they're waiting for us. We're supposed to be there a half hour ago. We look like assholes right now, man. Uh, in order, do you want to do this? Realistically, okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I'm not looking to get out of here till like once. <laughs> Let's see. Yeah, I was thinking. I don't know what. What do you think? What's most conducive to? Well, um, obviously, commentary track, uh, Alien, and then Grand Gesture, I assume, for Paper Town. Right. And then, yeah, what are we doing her smell for? I don't know yet. Okay. Okay. We'll just, you know, I've got a couple things that I want to, <laughs> I want to read to you and get your reaction. <laughs> I don't want to okay. know your reaction just yet. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, that's fine. The, that, that's, her smell is definitely the one that I think I'm least comfortable discussing, only because like, I just saw it yesterday, and... and um. I talk okay, so a lot of the time I talk to my brother uh, who watches films uh, and way more obscure stuff than I do. And he, when I speak to him about things like uh, themes and and um, just overall impressions of the film become fine tuned better, and I feel better about my what my opinion of it is. And I. And I put put it up on Letterbox that I watched her smell and I gave a rating and he immediately texted me. He's like, Hey, you watched her smell? I was like, Yeah. He's like, Yeah, I watched it last week. I was and then I gave him my like three or four quick things about it. I'm like, Oh, this, this, that we'll talk about it. Well, and he no, was like, no, yep. Tell me your tell me your thirty things. Let's just go ahead and do that one. Let's work it out. Okay. With this one. Before we you know, before we do a proper podcast, let's just work out okay. our bullshit with this one. Yeah. So I was like, this movie's too fucking long. Like, there's no reason it needs to be two and a half hours. It should be three. It should be 90 minutes, three acts. Like, her being a dick, her, you know, dealing with it uh, um, after she's given up that life, and then the redemption. Like, this is a very simple story. Instead, it's what, five acts? It's five acts, yeah. yeah. And and the first three are her just being an asshole. It's like, we established that she is crazy Early, I mean, I'm crazy. I'm saying crazy. Just she's just really difficult to be around uh, uh, right off the bat. And then we've got those interludes, the VHS interludes. They're you know, they give us, yeah, they're just there they to show us, that she was once a nice person, maybe. Right. <laughs> or, or you know, just like, hey, this is her prior to, um, and, and so it, they're, yeah, they're just there. Like, hey, she was kind of normal, and they kind of set the seeds up for the rest of some of the, um character dynamics that occur but it's like ultimately it's it needed to be trimmed and i was like also next point like they didn't have any all music was bland for a movie about you know like punk rock i don't know you know kind of like i felt like the music was quite bland they opened with a cover uh, another girl another planet which uh 
I I'm not super familiar with the original, but I know the replacements are my favorite band, and they they always okay. did like an awesome cover of that. So I've got a lot of different bootlegs of their okay. version, and this felt like, <laughs> to a certain degree, uh, maybe because of my personal experience with that uh, and my affinity for that particular band. I'm like Elizabeth Moss. It's like she's putting on her parents' pants. And like playing up being a rock star because I'm like, this feels kind of lifeless. And this is, uh, we're opening with them at supposedly the peak of their powers. Like maybe not right. the peak of her uh, well being. Like it's clearly like this is a descent is coming. But yeah, I, I I actually was at a loss where we were right at the beginning with that opening yeah. sequence. I'm like, wait, is this them on the come up? Is this them like trying to find themselves? Like they seem kind of off. No, and uh, also. You know, my letterbox review, which I was extremely snarky about, uh, because <laughs> oh, I didn't see it. Well, no, I've developed, I, I, a, I actually am glad that you didn't, um, because I've kind of developed like uh, a hatred for Alex Ross Perry as like a person, uh-huh. as like a, an individual human being, not as a filmmaker. <laughs> well, I, I would say the same thing about Elizabeth Moss slightly, just because I found out she's a Scientologist, and I was just like, and she's like doing the handmade sale, and I'm like, this is real like who is this lady what is she trying to tell us interesting to be able to and walk he... that particular tightrope there with the, yeah <laughs> those two things you're yeah. Like. but he uh you know he did an article that came out i guess about a month or so ago uh on IndieWire. he's and he actually just had another one because i i went to look up that article to quote it to you i wanted to do like a throwback to your original podcast it's terrific and what uh-huh. i really want to do was have you read some of these quotes of his because they're they're staggering and just how pompous he is okay and i don't know if that maybe it makes you appreciate the film more because it's like wow is he like identifying that closely with elizabeth moss whereas like most normal people would think what an asshole and yet she he's able to get into that headspace where he can't like appreciate his like you know modest amount of success um this one's actually from uh his editor robert green in this article saying that basically they thought uh when they made this, that they had Boogie Nights. Not only did they have Boogie Nights, but they had a movie so good that it was going to make people forget about Boogie Nights even existing. Holy cow. <laughs> a little bit of bluster there. Holy cow. Now, why, why, the poster for this should have been, it's terrific. <laughs> that's that's bold. And it, it's that kind of an bold. interesting article in the sense that, okay, it's dated April 12th. Uh, I don't yeah. know when this released in very limited, sometime in April, right? I know it did like the festival rounds last fall and I think it played at South by, um, but it, it sort of comes up to the, the point where it's like, yeah, even when it played at the festival, people didn't really like it. They kind of hated it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> if you go on letterbox, that's not the case. You go on letterbox it's like five stars, four stars, five stars. Well, of course. Cause letterbox is filled with a bunch of sheep, but like, look, just because it's not Avengers Endgame doesn't mean that, you know, it, it, it that's the trouble, I think. It's difficult to find, I think, honest feedback because I feel like everybody has an agenda and everybody obviously has a bias. But this is not great, you know? It's like I understand what – but also it's kind of lazy in terms of like what is it saying about rock and roll that hasn't kind of already been said? It's just – you know, I feel like we're going through the motions quite a bit. Uh, there's nothing interesting about uh, – um, uh, the the rise and fall of this character the way it's well, done is, especially in this climate right. especially in this yeah. world it's like dude i have bigger fucking concerns since like wow was courtney love really 
like the voice of our generation. No, man. Like, you know, back, back in 99, people had already forgotten, like they'd written her off, like what a sellout, a hack, who cares? And then, you know, the rest of it would be like tabloid excess. She'd pop up and it would just be kind of a sad story. And yeah. I, I saw another quote uh, where he really wanted to like treat like sort of 90s riot girls or rock as like a Shakespearean tragedy. How how many people are going to hang their hat on that and be like, yeah, that that is a tragedy. It's just it's just a waste for that one particular character. The biggest problem yeah. I have with this film is they're trying to do the Steve Jobs thing, right? Where it's like, yes. we're going we're gonna to yes. just do like 25 minutes sort of takes on like one moment in her life, which as you already sort of alluded to, they're really not that different from each other. They either like really bad or they're yeah. sort of like regretful and sad. That's like, like, there's like two things there. Um, After the third one, I was like, check the time. I was like, oh my God, I still got like 50 plus minutes. Well, me, like, for me, it was the first one. Cause I'm like, how, how, how many times are we going to go around the scene where you have characters say like, wow, she's a real mess. Uh, maybe yeah. she shouldn't be holding that baby. And then they just let her hold the baby. And then she just wanders off, falls down with the baby. I, I am just not that interested in this character. And I don't feel like the people, the other characters in this film, would be that interested. Like they try to introduce the oh. dynamic that like she has this, uh, I guess, former boyfriend. They've had a child together. He's, he's actually raising the child. Obviously she's got her bandmate. She's got, uh, Eric Stoltz is, you know, I guess the, the bag man, the manager guy who's really not that skeevy. He just is like, will you please just no. make some, make some music and we can sell it. <laughs> like, please don't be a fuck up. There's obviously like, some I have to remortgage my house. <laughs> it's like, can you please? like he's the good guy in all this? You obviously, think the manager. There's skin in the game, but I I just don't think like this this film fails. If there was a Bechdel test where it's like movies yeah. where every side character only talks about the main character and they have no life of their own, that's that this movie when she's not in the room, Elizabeth Moss ranting and raving. People are talking like, hey, where is she? Is she ranting and raving somewhere else? I want to be close to that. I did not well, at all. Are you talking about like a version of the Bechdel test? Yeah, like, like a like a like the you know the Bechdel test. Obviously, where like you know, okay, yeah, women's yeah. lives are only like sort of filtered through the prism of whether or not you know there's a man around yes. or the man thereafter. Yes. This it's just Elizabeth Moss. It is this rock star. Everyone can only ever talk about her. It really is with no real reason to. Like really, you would just walk away. You'd be like, "This is just sad." Yeah, and I sort of wash my hands of it. Well, even at the end where they're like, uh, you know, that that, you know, a uh, uh, person who is like completely unreliable and potentially like a druggie. Like, where'd she go again? Like, they lost her. They were, <laughs> they were all together. You tell like, me the they, there's not a body man. Eric Stoltz wouldn't say, all right, your job is to, you know, just stick with her. You're just always, you know, yeah. no, I, I, I also I, question I that moment where he was like. <laughs> he was like, "Oh, what? Have we lost her already?" You see that? Like, yeah. It's like I was fucking joking. <laughs> like I, that that moment really rang true to me. Um, and so I, I guess it's a huge build up for that brilliant, brilliant uh, little exchange. Is there but, a yeah, good, yeah, I'm sorry. Is there a good eighty minute movie in here? Do you think? I mean, obviously, like you have to kind of buy into Elizabeth Moss just being like fucking crazy for that long. Like, yeah. I don't. I don't even know if there's I, a good eighty minute movie in here. I think there is a tolerable 80-minute movie in here. I think it's a great showcase for Elizabeth Moss. I think she does a good job with what she's given. It's um, kind, of it, it's not... kind of camp. Kind of camp. 
Yes, the shaman stuff and and even the seance at the end, I was just kind of like, all right. Like I said, with what she's given, I think she does what she can. But I, I yeah, I, I want. To, and you know what? Okay, here's how much we as human beings love a good redemption. Even at the end, where we're looking for her, I'm hoping that she's not on cocaine. You know, I'm hoping that she's waiting by the stage, like pumped and stuff. And then at the end where she's like, no, I don't I don't have another one in me. It's like I feel I felt good. I was like, thank you. I'm glad that I guess we kind of got sort of an arc because I want most people to be happy. And and so I'm glad that she kind of got that. But that's about it. Like, that's how much we as human beings, I think, truly love the redemption story. I was hoping she'd die on stage. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> That would have been apropos, though, I'll be honest with you. Yeah, it, it does feel like a false ending that she's like, all right, she learned something. <laughs> also, I got to ask you about her smell, like the title. Is is there a... Great marketing like, there, you... Mr. Perry. <laughs> Way to go on that one. <laughs> I thought it was right. the name of the band. Honestly, I thought, like, okay, you got oh, this yeah, grunge okay. era. It wasn't, but I came into it like everybody, yeah. everybody was kind of making fun of the title, and I'd read reviews like, oh, if it just didn't have this title, it would have taken the country by storm, which is questionable, <laughs> questionable right. theory there. But yeah, they open with her smell, and I'm like, okay, just from the what I've seen of this character, I would see that sort of uh, that sort of level of aggression would play to I think mm. what they're trying to go with. But I don't. It's so. It's such a like okay. cheaply made kind of film. The crowd shots, the music scenes are just so. Bad. Yeah. yeah. It, it it looked like um you know an open mic night at the end there. It didn't feel like a twentieth anniversary of our record label. Um, but I actually did get an epiphany about her smell, the title, as you were uh, talking about it. Um, it, it you know, c- could it be referencing pheromones? Like you know, you're so over because you're right. Everyone in the Bechdel test, everyone uh, or our the version of it, <laughs> the Moss test. <laughs> The moss test, yeah. Like everyone is talking about this character when she's not. It's like you remember Itchy and Scratchy and Poochie. Homer's uh, um, uh, suggestions, like when Poochie's not on screen, everyone should be asking, "Where's Poochie?" <laughs> so maybe that's what her smell is referring to. Is like she has such a powerful aura, like that. The those, I guess, pheromones that like people are very drawn to her, even though. She, whether you're following her redemption or whether you were like pulling your hair out, like I knew, because there's a like one of the characters later on. It's like I knew you were an asshole the whole time, but I still loved you and I still wanted to be with you. Maybe that's what her smell is referring to. It's just her uh, um, ability to just be a charismatic and uh, um, attractive individual. Well, we've certainly seen films, uh, I mean, many different types of works of art about self-destructive people that can be engaging. And you can, standing outside of it, you can be frustrated with someone that's, like, just willfully, like, throwing it all away. Yeah. But I don't... What is it about this one? It doesn't, you know, it doesn't, like, make me intrigued by this character. I don't know if it's the starting point. I don't know if we're starting at the, like, decline uh, the sort of cheats to the like crappy mm-hmm. VHS, like you know, the tape, the cassette recordings of them like celebrating in this one room about the record. I don't. Yeah. I, I think it comes back to the music for me, maybe where it's like, my God, if you're using, you know, a moment of catharsis is a a Brian Adams song. I'm mm-hmm. I, I find everything suspect. I'm like, who's this fucking <laughs> asshole? Like, was she ever like actually like you know? I'm going back to the Courtney Love thing, but it's like. 
It's like Alex Ross Perry looked <laughs> at Hole. <laughs> it's like the defining music of the 90s. Not Kurt yeah. Cobain, not Nirvana. No, it was Hole. <laughs> and there was, all, there was always some sort of artifice to Courtney Love. You know, there's a, sort of like a poser mentality to yes. her. And it, I mean, what did it last? Was it like one album where she had like pretty much post like Cobain suicide? And then after that, it was like, oh, she's just like, there's no difference, discernible difference between her and like the pop punk girls that come in that we're supposed to read that Moss looks at as like lesser than her. Right. But I, it, it just from the text of the film, I can't tell a difference between them. I have, no. there's no discernible. Yeah, you know, I, I don't know. I and I know I'm. It's unfair to compare this to something like A Star Is Born, where you have the music being made by Lady Gaga mm -hmm. uh, and, and being written and you know all that. But it, it, it like the music in that movie is mostly original, and it it it's very meaningful uh, in each like musical segment. And in here, yeah, it, none of it really rings true. Um, and I don't want to blame like, oh, well, it's because Elizabeth Moss can't sing, you know, the way that Lady Gaga can. You know that's my favorite really scene in the film? The only scene yeah. I actually really like is her singing. Uh -huh. <laughs> She's like got the guitar in her hands and she like turns her back to her friend. Like this is kind of like recovery uh -huh. phase. And she's like, please be kind. Like, yeah, I'm going to play. Right. New. And, but she has a guitar in her hand, but she doesn't actually play it. She <laughs> yes, presses play yes, on yes, the yes. <laughs> At first I'm like, what, <laughs> what the fuck am I looking at here? <laughs> but then I kind of got into it. I'm like, okay, <laughs> whatever. I'll go along with this bullshit that Elizabeth Moss wonder, can't play guitar. <laughs> right. In that moment, I, I wonder if she's really trying to fool her friend, but I, I, I think it's like, she's so embarrassed. She's like, I can't possibly. Yeah, I mean, she does the, you know, she moves the, the hand, you know, up and down like, you know, but that that's a strange scene. And I'm like, you know what? I'm going to give it this one. Mr. Perry, yeah. like this one is so sort of out there. You know what? And it is, it's a nice moment. It's one of the rare nice moments in the film. Maybe I'm just like, was so mm -hmm. desperate for that. I did appreciate some of the moments with the kid, uh, later on when she's, you know, um, uh, in, in the recovery phase. <laughs> Not when uh, she's saying this baby will be my downfall. <laughs> I'm sure, right. I'm sure you appreciate that as a new father. <laughs> right. And her, uh, like keeling over and vomiting all over the place <laughs> with the baby going down with, I was just like, Oh, Jeez. Yeah, that was a that was a bit much. And the shaman stuff as well. It's like you're you know uh when movies or TV episodes or something they they start in the middle of chaos and then they kind of center you again after it's happened. I like like Spielberg he did with the um uh, uh, uh oh gosh. Saving Private Ryan, like the first well, like you we know. try to do on our podcast. We start with exactly. chaos <laughs> and eventually get to the center. <laughs> It's like you start with chaos in this movie, and it goes on a little longer than you expect. But we're never really like you never pause to be like, all right, here's what's happening, and and here's why this uh, should be important to you. Hey, there's never that moment until all three, the first three scenes are done, and then you kind of stop, and then you see this lady like who has a bunch of lawsuits that she has to deal with, and and yeah, it's. it's <laughs> It's... The lawsuits are make music, you fucking asshole. That is yeah. your job. <laughs> make anything. Doesn't even have to be good. Just meet your deadline. And you know what's shocking is that her her manager uh, she is a twenty year anniversary, and then he signed them eleven years ago. Is what he said. So do the math. He's been doing this for like nine years, and and he he feels uh, um completely out of his element. Nine years into his career, uh, uh with with the. Uh, with something she, which also is a 
Why? Should have just been her smell. Just her smell. Just her smell. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, but also, they, they kind of wasted, I think, Amber Heard, uh, um, who was – I was hoping she was in uh, a little bit more. Uh, and uh, what's her face? Uh, Cara Della How do you pronounce her last name? Paper Towns. Yes, <laughs> Paper Towns. towns. <laughs> this, this movie totally, like, wasted Paper Towns. And <laughs> – uh, I mean, I did appreciate that she she had the best Bruce Willis uh, sort of diehard oh shit face to Elizabeth mm. Moss in that scene where she meets her and like meets her. Yeah. I think she's wearing a something she uh, t shirt, yes. her idol. She is, and so she's excited. And it, <laughs> I actually, I mean, I'm not saying she's like uh, the next coming of Meryl Streep or anything, but like <laughs> there was an added bit of humor uh and maybe a tinge of heartbreak seeing this girl's reaction to meeting her idol and just being a complete not only a shithead but one you should feel sad for it's not like oh i met someone and he was kind of a prick i'll never buy anything again it's like uh not only was he a prick now i kind of feel bad for him (laughs) i kind of feel bad that he is like wallowing in his prickness and that's that's elizabeth moss here so yeah paper towns was pretty good and that once once it goes on for four hours (laughs) oh do you um (laughs) Like, is there, um, you know, one thing I mentioned, it's like, does, uh, I don't know what this has to, does this movie have anything to say about rock and roll in general? Like, do you think that there is a theme in terms of, like, the music industry, or is it just there as a backdrop? I don't think it really knows. I don't think he seems to know much about the music industry, okay. to be honest. Like, I, mm-hmm. you know, just the way, you know, just to reference Boogie Nights again. <laughs> felt like yeah. Boogie Nights gave me a better sense of how the record business works with the whole <laughs> rant about the demo tapes and getting the money for the demo tapes and just, you know, uh, you know, that's, uh, that's your problem, not mine. Just that, that little brief sequence. I'm like, all right, that's good enough. Uh, you know, it just seemed like I, I was a big fan. And I, I don't want to totally knock, uh, Alex Ross Perry or Elizabeth Moss. I loved Queen of Earth. I was one of the people that like, when it came out, it was like one of my five favorite films of that year. Uh, and it's a hard sit like this one. I mean, it's a woman having a breakdown. Uh, it feel, leans more, I guess, horror because it's like a cabin in the woods. And you've got that almost like Plansky dynamic of like a woman being like terrorized or she thinks she's being terrorized by other people. And here we're going to flip that and have her be the monster like terrorizing <laughs> everyone else. But I'm I'm guessing like you, know, you, you put this in the music landscape because you can easily be like, oh, yeah, that's what, you know, those – those rock musicians are on drugs and they just like get what right. they want. And they're like just overgrown babies. And so we're, we can quickly check into that and uh, be okay with it. And, but I was surprised how quickly I checked out of it because mm-hmm. <laughs> Elizabeth Moss has a killer two minute monologue, like a, a, a rant, like, you know, bordering on like, is she about to fucking kill somebody in queen of earth? And I thought, Oh, this is going to be great. I'm going to get to see her be an asshole for like two plus hours. <laughs> I, I didn't realize I didn't want it for that long. I wanted those. I wanted those two minutes, like you know, right? Not, not for this. And and I'm not into the punk rock scene at all. Uh, you know, I I like Fugazi. Like I I think there there's certain things, but I'm not into like Bad Brains and some of the really hardcore uh, punk rock stuff. And and you can have a film where the setting is in an unfamiliar or. Uh, uh, a, a backdrop where you don't really care. You're apathetic towards it, but it can still work. I, I'm willing to bet people who saw and liked Chasing Amy 
you know, there's a subset of people who like don't really look at comics, don't really read comics, but the way that the setting is there, it it really draws you in, and it doesn't just throw you to the wolves. Well, certainly um, not, uh, you know, the business of inkers, uh, you know, but yes, <laughs> let's, let's let's just call them tracers, and everybody can get that gag. Everybody can understand exactly. <laughs> I, I, and and it was a good gag too, and it, I like the fact that it was kind of um, <laughs> like the Casey Affleck. You know, in retrospect, uh, Casey Affleck and Scott Mosher are the one razzing on him. Like it's it's, it's enjoyable, and so the yeah, there's nothing behind in... the uh, Grinch animated feature, sir. Let's not oh, talk. I Scott know <laughs> his first. And man, I should I wanted to like the Grinch more, but that was another good. That was like an animated version of her smell. It was just like this is going on for way too long. Come on, Webb. That's so that's so unfair. Like Grinch is kind of fun. When is this fun? (laughs) Don't say paper towns. I already gave you paper towns, so you gotta think of something else. no, 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 it just took a, it took too long to get to where it was going. But the the uh, story arc of the Grinch in the in the uh, in Scott Mosier film was uh, I appreciated that. There was just a lot of a uh, non. It's a lot of jokes that are obviously geared towards um, the youngins, where the parents just kind of have to like, suffer through it. I think. <laughs> I think if you look at like a Pixar film, like you, the parents can kind of, you know, and the enjoy children it. suffer through it because they're like, God, oh, this is fucking boring. This is the first smell of cartoons. Have someone <laughs> fall down. <laughs> Where's gonna, the banana peel? You can lecture yeah. me about feelings? Jesus Christ. <laughs> Get on with it. Woody's going through some serious <laughs> abandonment issues. This is, <laughs> this is a bit much for me, Pops. I wanted to uh, read off. In a, so I told you I went looking for that initial, like, yeah. hey, we thought yeah. we made Boogie Nights. Uh, people hated it. And I mean, that article, I'll send you a link. Uh, you know, hopefully you'll give me some great, like really like desperate sounding, like it's terrific clips, like man on the edge, like of insanity. Cause that's, it sounds like it. Like this guy's okay. like, why won't they give me more money? Oh, that failed. Yeah. That's why they won't <laughs> give me more money. Um, so I, I don't know if he's like trying to bang out some, you know, <laughs> extra paychecks, but he did. When I went looking for that one, there was a more recent IndieWire article, uh, from May 4th. Here's the clickbaity uh, headline. Alex Ross Perry, why Avengers Endgame deserves the Oscar for Best Picture. Now, (laughs) upon her smell's release, he was lamenting the fact that, like, he will never get $20 million to make his type of movie with his crew, Elizabeth Moss. So they can, like, they do it for, like, $5 million, right? And it's like his $5 million pictures look better than your $20 million pictures. Like, he's, he's really defensive and really sad in that. I mean, he's kind of going through the whole evolution of Elizabeth Moss character and her smell, honestly. <laughs> and so I'm reading this and I'm like, whoa, have, have you had like done a 180 here? Or are you like saying, Hey, <laughs> you guys, you know, Ant-Man three, like check me out. <laughs> <laughs> I'll do it for 50 million. Um, uh, but he, this is like, you know, it gave me a little bit better insight into like, why maybe we're uh, suffering through uh, such a length of Elizabeth Moss and her rants, because this is just a rant basically saying that guys who used to pick on him for liking comic books, well, now they better eat it because Avengers is bigger than the Super Bowl and the World Series combined, which All I don't, right. I don't know how the math adds up. <laughs> I don't know how you <laughs> quantify that. But it sounds like, you know, sounds like a line of dialogue from Elizabeth Moss and her smell. And it just sounds like someone who's just like sort of unsatisfied 
with like yeah. where he's at. And so he like wants to point out that there are a lot of other people that are unsatisfied and he wants like he wants to like rub their nose in it. Like I, I, <laughs> I I'm just wondering how this like guy who's been propped up as like the elite of indie filmmaking, like within certain circles, like, oh her smell's coming out. It's gonna take down Boogie Nights is now shilling it like there's a need to shill for Avengers and Disney. You know, yeah, I that that's shocking to me. And then even the concept of taking down Boogie Nights, it's not like PTA is this, uh, you know, a, a studio guy who churns out these multi, you know, million dollar He's pictures also either. Pretty far removed from Boogie Nights at this point, as far as who that guy yeah. was and who he is now. I I don't think PTA could care less about the way people react to his films. I think he's just one of those guys who's like, I have a story to tell. I'm going to make it, and I hope you come along with me for the journey. So you're saying that, you know, uh, after his next film comes out, that we're not going to see him on IndieWire (laughs) saying Shazam 2 for Best Picture. (laughs) Well, I'm sure that he'll... (laughs) come out and support you know or promote his film i think there's obligations but ultimately yeah i i I can't imagine (laughs) making this movie and thinking that it's gonna rival boogie night and i don't think boogie night's something that needs to be taken down honestly well i mean yeah not avatar you took your shot and you missed. You missed here with her smell. <laughs> uh, yeah. here, here's a quote. When people dismissively bemoan the state of things culturally and use Marvel slash Disney dominance as their primary target, all I can see is a square flat top father drinking a beer in a barca lounger while the game is on, telling his son to quit playing guitar, painting, writing, reading comic books, daydreaming, and get a real job. Oh, First Jeez. off, Alex Ross Perry doesn't have a real job. Like he's... <laughs> <laughs> but second, it's it's kind of what I want to get into, because I'm sure anyone who's listening to this has not seen her smell, and they probably have zero interest. Certainly after we've talked about it, like, oh, God, it is so long and so miserable to get through. But I've seen a lot of this where, like, nerd culture, like, or the things that they were once considered nerdy, like, we're going to shine it up. And not only is it mainstream now, which kind of seems to be the antithesis of like why you got into it to begin with, but it's not good enough for it to be the mainstream. We have to dominate the entire landscape now. Is that, I mean, that I'm sure like you and I are into a lot of nerdy stuff, but I don't, you know, I don't come into, like, I don't wake up one day and say, you know what? Everyone should be playing. No more basketball. Dungeons and Dragons. (laughs) Put it on on ESPN. This is the way of things now. It's ridiculous to think that, yeah, like I, I that um, everyone should be doing the same thing that I'm doing. It's like uh, the concept of somebody else extracting any kind of happiness from something that I feel is not worthy <laughs> seems silly to me. And I think that I think Mr. Perry, who I mean, okay, so I'm I'm, I'm looking at his little early life biography. You know, he's born to a <laughs> oh, Jewish trying, family. You're trying to see his job. It, <laughs> yeah, I just want to see what he's been up to. You know, uh, he worked in local news uh, uh, television. He's got um, he went to NYU. Uh, for film, it's it's like salt he, of the earth so far. <laughs> exactly, exactly. So, I don't know. I don't know, buddy. It, it even seems... his Wikipedia like uh, uh, image is uh, 
Ooh. Oh, he looks like it's, it's like on on par with everything that yeah. you've been uh, feeding me here. And it's it's weird to me to uh, to see that that shift. I, I don't know if it's like the Elizabeth Moss character if it comes from that place of you know just super defensiveness uh, about what you're making. Like because I wouldn't think <laughs> having seen her smell like. Can you th- think of it like a filmmaker who's made that leap from like, okay, they're kind of making like kind of curious little art films and then they make, you know, something a bit more populist and you're like, oh, okay. I can still see bits of them in there. Like, I mean, right. You know, Christopher Nolan made following and memento and it's like, yeah, but if he had kept making shit like following and I say that as someone like, I'm not saying it's like a terrible movie, but you couldn't come into it with the expectation like, well, God damn it. Like, why are you making Armageddon when I can make this for 25 grand? Like you know, that sort of right. thing. And it's like this unwillingness to have that sort of middle ground. And he seems to be contributing to what I hate the most about the film industry now, where it's like, it's either got to be her smell or Avengers Endgame. And right. It's like, do, where, where are the, like, you know, the mid range dramas that tell an A, B to C story aimed at adults? Like you just, there's nothing in between. It's got to be this shit or that shit. I feel like yeah, that's that's kind of where even Steven Spielberg I think is like where like I'm excited about the West Side Story remake that he's gonna do. I think that's gonna be fun. It's like I something like Disney Lincoln says no smoking post. though. Take out the smoking <laughs> with the new Disney right. Overlords, <laughs> of course. <laughs> and it was exciting to me when Ready Player One came out, a film that I actually like quite a bit because it was fun to see Steven Spielberg dive into the higher budgets and just kind of you know do whatever he wanted. And even when he dived into higher budgets, he had scenes where he's like, "I just want to remake The Shining for a little bit." It's like I enjoyed that, and so you can clearly see, and, and maybe that's who we have to go to seeing this new. Uh, I don't want to call it a new wave of indie filmmakers, but just um, because he's been around for. Uh, I want to say like five, six years now. Like he's been, he's been steadily working. Um, Not anymore. Yeah, you're if America right. has anything to say about it. <laughs> <laughs> no, we prefer our boogie nights. <laughs> they, they are um, absolutely the the, the middle, uh, <laughs> the middle class of film is disappearing. <laughs> where, where are the? You know, the funny thing is that little uh, screed of his. <clears throat> where in in his mind, the <laughs> dad with the crew cut and the bark lounger watching yeah. the game, does he not think that, you know, most of those fucking people are the ones wearing the Captain America shirts? Like, yeah. those are the guys. <laughs> what are you talking about? <laughs> like, the, 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 now, clearly that guy is not watching her smell. But it's, no. a, it's a weird, I don't know, it's a weird white flag he seems to be waving um, because of her smells, I guess, failure. And I, I say that as, like, you and I have watched it day one that was probably available, at least to me. Like, it never came my way. Actually, I take that back. You, I remember this in a text <laughs> thread <laughs> where you, you were actually kind of going <laughs> after her smell sight unseen, just using it as, as an example of things I will not I, go out of my way to watch. Because... <laughs> Avengers is out. <laughs> well, specifically because it's like I know that that's a film that I can tolerate. If I drag my <laughs> wife to that, like I took her to Red Sparrow, like a film that I think is pretty pulp, even though it's a little long uh, uh, with Jennifer Lawrence, mm-hmm. and because we had kind of watched the X Men films and 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 Hunger Games, and so she was more familiar now with 
Jennifer Lawrence. I was like, oh, this is where she's going to be like this badass uh, spot. And even then she was like nodding off in that movie. And I'm like, all right, I need to find like where my wife's comfort level is. And I could tell by looking at her smells like this is not going to be something that she's going to be into. The the title, her smell alone, I'm not even going to be able to sell her on it. Um, So (laughs) that's that that's my defense of why I was you know, attacking. <laughs> well, I, I'm, it's just a long winded way. This entire episode is me saying you were right. Cause I was like, Oh man, if, if her smell was playing in my theater, I'd be excited to go see it. Uh, watched it day one, you know, comes out on iTunes. And now I'm like, Jesus, that was a waste of iTunes credit. Like, thanks for that. <laughs> you know, we're so thrifty. We're, we're very good about that. Any anytime there's a little bit of a loss, even with, you know, when we buy the iTunes credit that goes on sale, you get a little, you know, 10, 15 mm. bucks free. It's like you want to use that free to yeah. really capture a gem. And, and uh, when something like this happens, it was a conversation uh, I had recently on True Bromance uh, where Hiro um, was lamenting. <laughs> he was lamenting Green Book, Bohemian Rhapsody. I can't remember the other one. I felt like there were three movies he was catching up on late where he lives in Germany. And he was, <laughs> you know, he wasn't quite finger on the pulse for the Oscar talk because it was like two months oh. after the fact. <laughs> but <laughs> he didn't really want to go into like the politics of it. But he was just like, you know, these are just like movies you've seen before. Like they're degrees of like how well they're executed. But like I, I basically need like a bigger hit. I need like, I need like he's, he needs a bigger intake, I guess, of originality and spark and i kept like i thought about him a lot with her smell because i'm thinking like man he would probably fucking hate this on the other hand this is the attempt at that this is the attempt yeah. at it's not telling you an original story necessarily but it's like okay it's just got all these like weird quirks and mainly that it just goes on for too fucking long and it's sort of like in love with itself uh and i think i'm in a very different place like <laughs> like i i'm i guess i'm just very <laughs> centrist right now i'm very middle of the road i kind of want a solid double like stop swinging for the fences you know there's only so many hours i have left in my life no i completely agree with you ultimately it's like i want to be entertained i'm at the point like i i probably will never watch solo or 120 days of sodom ever again like that was a brutal film um brilliant but it's like i watched it once and i'm like all right right on like i can i can go to my uh grave knowing uh that i watched it and i think i'm a better person for it but i'll watch green book all day if i had the choice between those two well and, and, and green book yeah, is currently is. the reigning champion of film it's, it's the it's, it's the goat it's ooh, i don't know what <laughs> I, I'm so glad that I liked it too because I, I read so many articles about how like you know this film is 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 a uh, uh, you know slap in the face of all African Americans everywhere and I was and you know you watch it and you're like I don't know may, maybe I am that the, the the wrong audience for for some some of these articles or some of these films but. I feel like Green Book had a good heart, and I was thoroughly, you know, enjoy. And I, I watched it with my mom again for a second time, and she was all for it, and she was laughing at the same jokes, and then she like picked up on stuff that she didn't pick up before. I'm convinced that she still doesn't realize that the character might be gay, but you know that's okay. It, it, She's it actually was... just playing to the time period of life. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> And so it's it's a lot of fun. And, and I was talking to her about it, and she was like, this is the first film in a long time that I felt this strongly about. And I was like, right on. And, and so 
just because you have a certain opinion about a film that it's not what it should be or doesn't go far enough or extreme enough in terms of being this uh, pillar of social justice or, or this icon, her enjoyment and her feelings about that film are no less, you know, relevant and, and, and uh, honest and, and true. So it's like, well, uh, you, you yeah, hear that uh, common, you know, snarky, uh, criticism, complaint, tweet, what have you, where it's like, oh, another film that solves racism in two hours. And it's right. like, well, <laughs> you know, the, usually the people making it are the assholes that think, you know, 280 characters will solve racism if someone would just retweet mm -hmm. them enough. Right. <laughs> it's like, you're wasting my fucking time and you don't know a goddamn thing about story structure. Not like the Fairly Brothers. Yes, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> They're on point. And hey, if we need to, if we need to go outside the lines of what really happened to make this happen and, and get this home run, we will. And they, maybe they did. I don't know. Well, so did Black Klansman. If you actually read up on the guy, yeah, that guy, yeah. he was a big fan of white people. <laughs> <But he's... laughs> They're okay in my book. Uh, I would love that line in <laughs> Black Klansman. <laughs> uh, maybe during one of his karate sequences. Um, I'd like that line, Green Book. <laughs> <laughs> I think to try to... That's a throwback to uh, Death Proof, by the way. <laughs> it's, uh, I've actually used that on Twitter before, when someone's like, I want to end the conversation. When it's like, all right, let's walk away like with this debate. But <clears throat> you're going to feel like, okay, Mike, listen to me. And I'm just going to quote this as like, this finishes like basically our relationship. Like, you go in this book, <laughs> and now we never speak again. Yeah. Uh, I just want to kind of tie this together to Alex Ross Perry, but this, I feel like when I, when I just peruse letterboxd or just like the online film community, uh, even like not throwing Hyro under the bus, but I mean, cause there is something valid to him saying like, you know, I want to like, basically I want to feel something when I invest these two yeah. hours, but like the expectations we put on individual films are just kind of like absurd. Like, I, and it's one thing, like if you're the filmmaker and you're saying, Hey, this is going to put me on the map and doesn't work out. I understand like sort of the pain that he's going through and the bitterness, but even like, uh, as just a consumer, like, you know, I, I hate that people will get up for end game and then be like, well, all right, I'm good. Like, I, I mean, I have friends that are like, yeah, I'm going to, you know, I'll watch end game. But then after that, you know, maybe Spider-Man, but then probably nothing else for the rest of the year. Like, it's like, they're like, that, those are the movies. Like that's, you know, if I can only see through a year, well, end game's gotta be one of them. And it's just, right. We, we've built up that, it, you know, kind of like with event television with Game of Thrones, like event filmmaking. I know that's a weird thing to put on an episode with like her smell. But it seems that way. It seems like there was <laughs> this sort of idea that if you're comparing yourself to Boogie Nights, it's like it's got to operate on that level as opposed to like finding its own way and finding its own audience. Look at something like I, I, I'm referencing Kevin Smith again. Look at something like Mallrats that kind of came out and, and did uh, horrific numbers, but ultimately found its audience. Um, and, and you can't get into this business wanting to be the next, you know, Spielberg. Like you can't. I think you. Hey, hey, hey. This, it worked for the guy directing the last Star Wars movie. <laughs> Mr. Abrams made a good career out of that, sir. He certainly did. Also, another salt of the earth fellow. I think he just came from oh. middle America, <laughs> rode into Hollywood one day. <laughs> Absolutely. And now he's going to save Star Wars, you know, for us. He's gonna yeah, do the last it. one made a billion dollars. Clearly, it's on the <laughs> its last legs. <laughs> <We> can... <laughs> right. 
<laughs> Even though Disney was like, we're gonna we're gonna pause this for a few years in their last little meeting. Oh, yeah, ultimately, like I just I want uh, um I, I want to see good stories and I want to see the stories from people who want to tell them. Uh, and and if if Perry wants to you know use this as a platform to become the next whomever, I don't know. Like I maybe mean, I don't want to listen to his stories. Maybe I'm done with his stories. Did he go down in your book? Yeah, this is my first time I'm like watching a film of his, and yeah, immediately I'm just like, I don't know. Well, you know what? I didn't think too much of it until you read me off those quotes <laughs> and, shared, and shared with me his, some of his, then you some of his as, psyche. Then you looked at his picture, too, and you're like, yeah, that's a bad combination. Like, <laughs> that face, those words. <laughs> and that's how Webb and I talk about her smell. How can I be expected to grow if I'm stuck living in what I already know? I don't want to quit. I just want to be in. I've tried and I've tried and I've tried. And you've all stuck with me. Control of it. Till the very end. It's business. What do you got in mind? Sexy broad, gangster octopus? No. No, the animal chain of command goes mouse, cat, dog. D-O-G. Uh, a dog? Uh, isn't that a tad predictable? In your dreams, we're talking the original dog from hell. You mean Cerberus? We at the network want a dog with attitude. He's edgy. He's in your face. You've heard the expression, let's get busy? Well, this is a dog who gets busy. Consistently and thoroughly. So he's proactive, huh? Oh, God, yes. We're talking about a totally outrageous paradigm. Excuse me, but proactive and paradigm, aren't these just buzzwords that dumb people use to sound important? Not that I'm accusing you of anything like that. I'm fired, aren't I? Oh, yes. The rest of you writers start thinking up a name for this funky dog. I don't know, something along the lines of, say, Poochie, only more proactive. Yeah! So, Poochie okay with everybody? Yeah.